everybody, welcome to Music Therapy. I'm Jessica Risker. I'm a musician here in Chicago, Illinois. I'm also a licensed clinical professional counselor. Um, today is the uh, 50th episode of Music Therapy, which I started earlier this year after the pandemic uh, began, after quarantine began. And so uh, that tells you how long things have been going on. Um, but today I, uh, I have a special guest. Um, Hey Dave, uh, Dave Vitrano of Public House Sound Recordings is going to be on, and it's no coincidence that it's the 50th episode of Music Therapy, and I wanted Dave to be on because I wanted a special guest to be on for that one, and Dave uh, really connects a lot of people in the scene, and he's sort of an integral part of the Chicago music scene, has worked on a lot of great records, so I'm really excited to have him on. I'm going to start with a song, uh, maybe get a few more people on, and then uh, Dave will come on. And we'll talk to him about uh, how he's doing his new album. This is a song that Dave and I actually recorded together for uh, my album that came out in 2018. And it's called Cut My Hair.
my hair that was an album that I recorded uh, with Dave he recorded and uh, engineered it and let's let's go ahead and get Dave on hi hey how are you doing good how are you doing I'm good it's funny to be like watching the live stream and then suddenly get sucked into it and be a part of it <laughs> <laughs> you said that you're in an, uh, a new mixing studio tonight yeah yeah I have uh, a new um mixing studio you can see this Ooh. fancy console um i moved out of my place in pilsen that uh, -huh. uh we did we made the record at um your record and i um i've been working with this label international anthem for like about five or six years um and they're like kind of more jazz focused label doing recording for them and stuff but um uh, they got a warehouse space in, it's actually in the Mars Brewery building in Bridgeport uh -huh. on the third floor and they needed a warehouse space for the records. And so uh, I'm kind of doing some operational stuff for them. And then we built a studio um, to use for the label and I use for any projects that I need. So um, it's pretty cool. Yeah. That's amazing. It, so, yeah. so you can record there, you're just mixing there. It's mostly mixing. It's got um, a little bit of space to do overdubs. Um, and we can, our, our initial idea was to start doing some like pop-up sessions in the warehouse portion where all the records are. Uh -huh. But since COVID happened, we haven't actually done that yet. Um, yeah. So um, it's mainly just a mixing and mastering studio, but with the idea of doing some overdubs or maybe some pop-up sessions. That's great. That's awesome. Um, so, well, let me back up. I mean, first of all, thank you for being on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for uh, letting me on number 50. Yeah, it's a, it's a special uh, it's a special show. It's 50. Um, I, I definitely wanted somebody special to be on the 50th episode, so. Thank you, I'm honored. Um, well, let me, I was thinking, I mean, I really, I kind of made a joke about this on Instagram when I was trying to promote the, the show, but I really do have like a lot of questions that I want to ask you about, you know, all kinds of different angles of, of what's been going on with you. But I guess the first question is just how have you been doing this year? Um, you know, all in all, not bad. Um, you know, I feel, I feel grateful. I feel like, you know, compared to a lot of different people in the world, people in a much tougher situations, mm -hmm. you know, like uh, I have had like a decline in work, you know, obviously, but, uh, I've been able to make it make do. And, you know, this summer I was able to do a little bit of work 
or do some in-person sessions when kind of the cases were down. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, I don't know, I'm, you know, I'm doing okay. I, I moved to a new living situation in Humboldt Park. I've been getting the studio going, still doing some remote work. Um, had some time to work on some of my own music for the first time. Uh -huh. um, so yeah, all in all, you know, all, all things considered, I'm doing all right. That's, that's good. I, did you have, I mean, your calendar, did you have stuff planned out and then people dropped off or was it just that people haven't been reaching out as much this year just because of the nature of the year? Right, right. Um, more the latter, but definitely in the beginning, it was kind of like I had some stuff scheduled out and then it was like, it was kind of a combination of me and them being like, we probably should, you know, in the beginning right. too, there was so much like confusion on what was going on and, you know, everyone thought it'd be like a month or two of lockdown and then we'd yeah. be back to normal. So um, definitely some stuff canceled. And then, yeah, after that, it just hasn't been as much stuff, you know? And I mean, personally, especially right at this moment, I don't feel like 100% comfortable hanging out in a small room with like five or six people for 10 hours a day, you know, right. unless we all really talked about it and, you know, been safe, you know, there's just, you know, so um, yeah, it's just been a combination of, you know, people not, not reaching out quite as much. And then also mm -hmm. me not necessarily like, trying to go after certain sessions just because at the moment I feel like we should just chill out and, you know, uh, try to do our part in, in not hanging out together and getting, getting, letting the virus pass, you know? Yeah. Do you feel, I mean, are you concerned at all about, you've, you've really grown, you know, your engineering, your recording work with people. Do you, are you concerned about it, you know, bouncing back or do you feel it's just a matter of waiting it out and it'll be okay? Uh, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm interested because I'm, I'm worried that yeah, maybe there's going to be like this longer term effect, you know, obviously it's like people that play in bands and stuff, work in restaurants and, and work in some of the industries that are like been hardest hit by this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I feel like everyone, like when the unemployment was good, I feel like there was still like some mastering projects and different things rolling in. And then yeah. I feel like more recently when it's like the economic situation has gotten a little bit more dire for folks, you know, but now I'm kind of wondering if, cause also people haven't been able to get together there's going to be a bit of a lag yeah. about people not having the money to make a new record, not having the material yet. Cause they haven't gotten together with their bandmates in months, you know, um, right. you know, and so there may be like, even if stuff starts to go back to normal, uh, you know, in the next six months or something, there might be a longer lag, but who knows? I mean, people might just be so excited to, to do stuff, you know, that they'll like make it work. And, you know, for some people, I know this has been a really, great creative time because they've just had time to do stuff you know at least like on an individual or a small group mm -hmm. um, set. so yeah i don't know uh we'll see you know i don't i don't, I don't totally know yet but um for me in, in the in, in initially it was like sort of nice to have a slight break you know yeah. obviously it would have been nice to have it under different circumstances but i was like busier than I probably last year was my busiest year I've ever had as far uh -huh. as sexual work and you know up until basically the day they did the lockdown I was you know working every day so it was like for a moment it was like ah oh, I got to catch my breath you know right but, right um but you know you, you wish that you could like make that choice and not the choice be made for you but uh um yeah well you know you you could in the future you could take vacation yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> It's a lesson. It's a lesson. Yeah. Uh, well, time. one of the things that, you know, has been sort of interesting, I talked to um, Cole on one of these shows at Cole's Bar, the owner of Cole's Bar, and yeah. um, 
down the line, I really want to do, uh, I don't want to spend too much time on this because there's lots of other things I want to talk to you about, but you know, people might be interested in, there may be some people in the position or who've been thinking about starting their own business, whether it's music related or something like that or engineering and you know, you're, you have really grown your business. And like you said, this was your, your busiest year and, and you've got a big fancy mixing board now and like clearly of like, you know, have been, it's been growing. How do you, what would you say to somebody who's thinking about taking that leap? Cause I imagine that was something that you had to invest some time in and kind of roll with it over time as it grew. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I would say, yeah. I mean, I feel like there's still, if you want to do it, you can do it. Or I don't know. That sounds uh -huh. like, it's possible. but it's just like, it's possible even now, you know, it's like, I think with the way I started, it was like very, you know, it was very DIY, you know, mm -hmm. initially it was like inviting bands over to record for free. Or I did the mm -hmm. public house single series to basically work with people I wanted to work with and put content out to, to like, let people know that I was doing this and I wanted to record, you know? Um, and it was all kind of like word of mouth and just from, from doing work. So I feel like, you know, and, and as far as like sort of investing in your business or something in terms of gear and stuff, that's been like pretty organic and pretty slow for me, you know, mm -hmm. um, starting out with like a pretty minimal setup. And then like, as projects came in, being able to afford more gear, figuring out how to, to do that. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, maybe at this moment, it's like a hard time to, to, to do that. But I still yeah. think like, you can do it, you know, if you're if you're really passionate about it, like, uh, you can make it you can make it work. And you know, and I know it's like more and more people are, are home recording now, which is awesome. I'm like a huge proponent of people recording themselves. Because I think you just end up getting different results than you do going into a studio or mm -hmm. even even just physically having another person present like an engineer you know even if it's someone you really trust and i think it also helps musicians understand the process better so when they do go yeah um, work with engineers it's like it, it, they they understand what what they need what they need to bring to the table to get to the results that they want you know but i think if you're if you're like open to that if you're open to working in a different bunch of different ways as an engineer um and like helping people facilitate their ideas, whether it's like a hybrid home recording thing, then I think I think you can definitely make it work as an engineer these days. Was it scary to try to do that, or were you, did you just did it just happen? Like, uh, you know, yes. I mean, there was definitely a point because I was always like kind of working odd jobs too, or I worked mm -hmm. at a couple restaurants for a while, you know. Um, and there was definitely a point I think in twenty two thousand sixteen where I decided to like not go back to my restaurant job uh -huh. because like I had a couple of big projects lined up and I was like, I think I can just do the freelance thing. You know, I think I can make it work. Yes. And it was definitely scary. It was definitely like tight and like a lot of like, you're just thinking like, Oh my God, look at my calendar. I have nothing next month. Like uh -huh. no one wants to work with me. And then it just fills up, you know, and it, you just like, you make it work. I think once you take the leap, um, you know, financially you can make it work. And if, you know, that means like sometimes, yeah, like having to take an odd job here or there to like, to like make it work, but you can, you can do it. Yeah. Um, well, I wanna, I wanna ask more, maybe a little bit later about bands coming in and engineering and some, I don't know, I, I have some questions, but 
I really want to make sure to spend some time uh, asking you about your album because, you know, you make so many people's albums uh, and, and you've got your own album coming out on Friday. Yeah. I, I would love to hear about, you know, how, when you made it and just what inspired it and uh, tell us about the album. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just, it's a, it's a record of instrumentals, like kind of uh, harmonically still, I call them, you know, kind of like droney-ish instrumental uh -huh. music. Um, and I've been working on it on and off for a couple of years, but not in any, just kind of in short bursts. Um, I think I started it in like 2018, like I did a couple of days in a row of getting some ideas down. Um, and it was just this idea of like, I mean, really the idea is sort of the lead, lead track, which is called morning music was just like, mm -hmm. I just love putting on sort of droney acoustic music american primitive guitar music folk music any sort of like thing in the morning and having coffee and like easing into my day you know uh -huh. and uh so it was sort of an exploration of that um and or like you know john fahey and all that kind of stuff and then i uh sort of realized that i'm not that good of a finger picking guitar player and uh <laughs> didn't really <laughs> didn't really have like the 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 discipline to learn. So then it could have, it, there, there's definitely some of that on there, but then it kind of morphed into to different things. Um, but yeah, and then like, you know, I had all these scraps of ideas and then I had all this downtime in April. And uh, obviously, so I, I kind of- This year, this April. This April, yeah. Basically uh -huh. when the pandemic hit, I actually, it's funny, I like, you know, took part of my recording rig home and like uh -huh. re reset up in that room in my house where, where I had the studio before and had uh -huh. kind of like a shift studio and that's kind of where I finished it. Um, so yeah, and it was, uh, yeah, I know, I know that's, that's sort of the, that's sort of the gist of it. And it's coming out Friday, right? I, uh, on Fire Talk. Yeah. Fire Talk. Yeah. Yeah. Is it something that you see yourself taking out and performing when we can do that? I don't know. Uh, not at this moment, obviously not at this moment, but like, even if the shows were happening now, I don't know. Uh, because it's, it was very much like a, you know, bedroom recording in the sense where there's tons of layers and stuff, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, I think ideally I would love to make like an ensemble version of some of this stuff and maybe work on new music. Um, yeah. So maybe, maybe one day, but no, no plans in any, in the near future. I'm really interested in how, you know, certain figures in in the music industry like somebody who runs sound for shows or somebody like yourself who engineers and records and um you know what how you there must be some sort of synthesization of you know people the way that they approach their recordings or things that you're taking like i like maybe how they did that or that worked or i'm wondering if if that's something that you know you've sort of consciously internalized different ways of approaching your own album and your own music that you're making based on your experience as a recording engineer yeah definitely i mean i think like yeah i think just not necessarily maybe specific processes but more just like mm -hmm. hanging out around people and like um seeing how their minds work as far as like maybe arranging a song you know uh -huh. and um you know just like yeah there's there's definitely people you know like maybe a little bit even even more on some of the jazz side of things i've worked on like uh -huh. um working with this artist jamie branch like editing her record 
her and I did that together. And, you know, and it was just like, you know, asking you to do something that you wouldn't, you know, just like putting something here, putting something there. I don't know. Yeah, definitely like that can be inspiring. Um, and I mean, it's just inspiring hanging out with musicians and like definitely makes you want to create music. Um, uh -huh. So, yeah, totally. I mean, I think everyone I've worked with, I've definitely like learned something and uh, it's definitely seeped into the my consciousness probably and come through in, in the stuff I've been doing. Was it... Did you have a different relationship to how you were able to hear the music that you created versus hearing another artist's music that you're mixing? Right. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think when you work on your own music, I feel like it was a good lesson in uh, sort of like putting, like putting myself in other people's shoes, you know, because uh -huh. like of having like demo-itis or like, being like, you know, I liked the version like two times ago. Can right. we go that one? You know, where you're like, people get really in the tweak mode, you know, and sometimes as the engineer, you're like, sometimes as an engineer, you're hearing something for the first time, or I have a desire to be like, let's be really bold or like, let's reimagine the mix, you know, like, uh -huh. let's like, you know, strip it down and reimagine it. And as an artist, you've been used to the way that sounds for a while. Uh -huh. And or you have a very specific balance in mind that I don't, you know? So like, um, no, I definitely feel like, and I think that's why a lot of engineers end up also when they work on their own music, hiring other engineers to help them because, you know, it's really hard to have perspective, you know, like some of this stuff I'd been tinkering with for a couple of years on and off. So like when it came down to like mixing it, it was like, I, I wanted to be very delicate with it because I was afraid of, you know, doing this or that or like um so no it's it's very hard to have perspective even as even as i when i try to preach that to other people while i'm making a record of being like let's go bold like let's not just listen let's not get used to the way the rough mix sounds let's, yeah. let's you know let's, you know and once you're in the in there or like driving in the car listening to it a hundred times and then being like i gotta go back in and tweet that <laughs> one thing you know like yeah and so it's good it, it like it i feel like it allows me to like have more not that I wasn't didn't have empathy in those situations but just like it's a you know it's um it's a revealing process it's like I had a lot of self-doubt and it's like you know uh I was very critical you know it's like it's it was just good to be like to understand when you're it's a very personal thing to be putting down music you know and uh being on the other side of that more and more I think lets me relate to people and uh, how delicate of a situation it can be and in, in how you just like, it's it's hard and you just need to, encouragement sometimes, you know? Yeah. Well, I suppose that works the other way too because the things that you would say to the artists, maybe you could remind yourself of. Right, Like right. it's fine, it sounds better than you think it does or something like that. Right, right. Like this so won't how... bother you later on. Yeah. That what? Like something won't bother you later on that's bothering you now or, you know, or maybe Right, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> So how do you how do you feel about I mean you have a finished thing and you're gonna you're gonna release it how do you feel about the how do you feel about your album? Uh, <laughs> you like I it? Feel, I feel I feel okay about it. you know uh, I listened to it. I actually haven't listened to it recently, but the last time I listened to it, I was like, I think it's fine. I definitely don't think it's a masterpiece. It's not like I'm this big statement or anything. For me, it was more like I had been tinkering with these things for a while, and I felt like 
I, I wanted to complete something uh-huh. and I completed it and kind of strung it together in a way that I thought worked. And then I was like, wasn't even really going to release it. And then, you know, sent it to my friend Trevor at Fire Talk and he was like, we should put it out. And I think by the act of releasing it, mm-hmm. it like allows me to move on, you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah, and I, w- I think I want to grow with the, do other things with the project. And so just like finishing it and releasing it lets me move on to the next thing as opposed to like, you know, being able to have it open and tinkering with it, or, you know, even if I finished it and didn't release it, there would be the temptation to go back in and tinker with it still or something, yeah. you know, but it's like, once it's a finished project and product and you've, you've sent it off or whatever, you're kind of done with it, which, which feels nice, you know. What is the meaning of the title of it? Exercise? Um, it's pretty literal, I guess it was just like these, these were like some ideas that I had, it, it was like an an exercise in trying to make this um, more like droney, harmonically still music. Uh, you know, the idea, the idea was like, or sort of the, the uh, conflict in me was like, how do you make music for a specific time of day uh-huh. or, and stay excited about working on it the whole time? Because like, if you're working on it at like three o'clock in the afternoon, we were feeling super, super energetic or something, you know, yeah. like, it doesn't like, it doesn't, you're like, ah, this is boring, you know? And like so many times I'll listen to it. I listen to it and be like, this is boring. You know, I could see, you know, you just, but if it's, if you're in the right mood, it works. You know I mean? Just like with any music, it's all like the effectiveness of it can rely on context, you know? Um, so the exercise was just like, you know, this, this was literally an exercise in me trying to figure out, how to make that kind of music and how you maybe develop that kind of music without taking someone out of a trance or, you know, not necessarily trance, but taking them out of the zone um, or overdevelop it or not develop it enough, you know. Um, how you make that kind of music without taking somebody out of the zone? What do you mean by that? Or like if the idea is it's supposed to be like um, droning and calming music mm-hmm. and uh, you're kind of supposed to maybe zone out to it a little bit then then uh-huh. like if you introduce a new element that's startling you know like how do you develop it real subtly and organically in a way that that uh um sort of like keeps the engagement going but doesn't take you out of potentially the zone you're in you know yeah, i don't know if yeah. that makes sense don't, yeah it definitely makes sense um let me i might have more questions about the album but well let me let me just ask you is there anything else that you want to share with people about the album um no just I, when it's out brew a cup of coffee or tea and listen to it in the morning would be all i'd ask <laughs> would you work on it in the morning um yeah honestly i've, I've worked on it a lot at night at the end of it but uh um but yeah and i, and I found towards working on it at the end uh like I would just do it in short little bursts, like two or three hours and then be done with it, you know, mm-hmm. um, which it was hard for me to work on it for like 10 hours a day, you know, which is interesting because, you know, as you know, as a musician, usually when you schedule studio time, you schedule a day of yeah. studio time. And I guess we didn't really do your record totally like that. We were working shorter days, which was nice, but it's hard to, uh, stay focused and creative for 10 hours a day sometimes like from the artistic side of it you know um, yeah. so yeah it was i definitely i mean obviously I, I had the advantage of 
being the engineer and having the gear. And, but I, I found it more useful to work on stuff for a couple hours and then listen with fresh ears and the next day and be like, oh, this is what this needs or this is working, this isn't working, you know? Yeah, I think it took me a while to appreciate how much, um, how valuable not working on an album is to the process because you get that space and that perspective when you go back to it. Right, yeah. Sometimes yeah, it feels definitely. like, you know, you're not, maybe I'm, I'm not working on it actively, but it's percolating. And... Right, right. No, totally. I think sometimes, I, I would totally agree. It was like I wouldn't listen to something for the longest time because I'd be like, ah, that, I don't know. And then you like listen to it a couple weeks later and you're like, oh, I know what the problem is. Or, mm -hmm. you know, like it needs this or just this needs to come up or, you know, it, it just became so clear to you with all this perspective about what needed to happen, you know? Yeah, yeah. Do you, well, so one thing I want to ask you about um, doing the engineering work that you do, I know that, you know, a lot of engineers would answer this question differently. And also this isn't to box you in because you probably would answer it differently depending on the session. But what do you see your role as being, you know, when you're working, I know that when we work together, you know, I, I asked for a certain amount of feedback or suggestion for you, but some bands may come in and they, they may really have a solid idea of what they want. What do you, how do you find, depending on who you're working with, what that spot is for you, how much, so. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I would say, yeah, obviously, it, do, it does depend on the session. And sometimes there's maybe a conversation about that beforehand, you know, or sometimes you just sort of like figure it out, you know, yeah. I mean, I would say in general, my style of engineering is, is sort of like, I'm not going to be like super hands on, unless yeah. I'm invited to be, you know, um, yeah. and I'm hopefully my role is to like facilitate the artist's vision and like deal with the technical side of things so they don't have to worry about that and take up any other brain power for that day, you know. Uh -huh. And and hopefully like offer some some like problem solving tips or some time saving tips or something like, you know, um, you know, you should do this or like check your tuning or just kind of like different things like yeah. that to, to like make it run smoothly, you know? Um, and then, yeah, like sort of like artistic input, I think definitely just like varies um, song to song. Or I think too, sometimes I, this took me a little while to figure out too, but it was like understanding what we needed to capture that day in order to get the result that they want, you know, sort of like anticipating the sound that they're going for in the end mm -hmm. and, you know, understanding that oh could we get there by manipulating the sound later or do we need to like move a mic or make an adjustment acoustically mm -hmm. to get the sound that they want you know um because i feel like i've learned the lesson the hard way of just being like oh we'll be able to figure it out in mixing or like yeah. not having a clear conversation with someone about what they want and be like well we didn't record it that way or like what you really wanted was the beat on the ride symbol or you know it's different different things yeah. like that like um so yeah so it's just like learning what needs to happen the day of in the kind of acoustic environment you know what we need to get down to have enough to work with to manipulate and that even goes for takes too as far as like if people you know want to get a perfect take or they want to do some editing or nudging or something mm -hmm. how close do we need to get or you know what do we need to get down to get the result that they want. 
So if a, if a band or an artist is coming in to record with you, with anybody, I guess, but with you, um, what would you, what kinds of things would be helpful for them to have prepared? I mean, one thing that I'm hearing you say is it's good to have a proactive conversation with, we'd like you to just, you just press record and shut up or, right. or else, you know, we really want some feedback from you or like reference tracks, like we're looking for this kind of sound. Like what, what are helpful things for people to bring in to when they're beginning a session? Yeah, yeah, I mean, definitely like, it's always nice to have like demos of stuff to sort of like hear uh-huh. what the material is you know and then yeah references i think are great like i think yeah and i and i've i feel like references can be like a slippery slope or like you know uh it like it's good to have sort of like general references i think for like vibe and overall like tones but um i think it's hard when you like get in the nitty-gritty of references like especially like while you're mixing a tune you flip over to something and you're like oh wow this is totally different than i thought right. in like we're not anywhere near close to that and there's no way we can get there and you know like or yeah. or like you know comparing yourself to that can sometimes you know um you know kind of be hard or something but um yeah definitely like demos references um just kind of like over like overall i mean i think you can get a lot of just by how you want to do the process like are we tracking if it's a band are we tracking this mostly live are we doing rhythm section are we doing instrument by instrument click track, you know, and I feel like all of that can determine the feel that the record's going to have, you know. Um, so yeah, all of that sort of stuff is is helpful um, uh, going going into a session. Do do a lot of bands know that? I mean, yeah, some bands um, may not I know. What... Go ahead. Yeah, totally. And that's something I've gotten, I've tried to get better at is like, if a, a band approaches me to to make a record or something, you know, it's like a much more thorough email conversation, you know, uh-huh. uh, um, from both ends too, you know, not that, uh, uh, not that I would turn someone down or, you know, not, not that I'm uh, elitist or anything that I wouldn't want to work with a specific artist, but I also, from the perspective of like, am I the right fit for it too? You know, like, uh, can I get the sound you want, you know, uh-huh. um, or like, if it's really someone, if it's like, if you really just want me to hit space bar and not really do anything, you know, I'm a little bit less interested in those kind of sessions than I was maybe when I was younger and just wanted to be in the studio every day of my life, you know? Yeah. Um, so, but, but mainly too, it's like, you know, even though I do a wide variety of music, obviously I have a sound in a certain way or just tendencies, you know, and mm-hmm. like in a, in a, in a specific process and skill set that I'm good at and like, if a band really wants a specific thing, I might just be like, I'm not the right person for you, you know? So it's like understanding and also being comfortable. I think for the longest time too, I was like, I want to be able to like do anything that anyone throws at me, you Uh know? Um, And just sort of being comfortable with like, that's not my strong suit, you know, and that's okay. And like, you know, it's better we talk about this now and I can maybe like recommend you to someone who I think would like be a better fit, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing how much even this is, I mean, it's kind of overwhelming, but it's amazing how much even small tweaks to a mix can change the sound of the song. It's yeah. kind of daunting. And, you know, just thinking about the role that uh, an engineer plays 
in helping shape the sound can be really different depending on their own personal style and you know not that you're not flexible but different people are going to put a different type of stamp on right right your, totally your music and right yeah because i mean like even if i'm going in it with trying to have like a neutral opinion or just like capture the thing like unless you like whatever every decision i make along the way is gonna like be apparent in the final result you know like even if the artist isn't fully aware of that you know it's like if you get up and you get a guitar sound and i choose a specific mic and preamp and all that it's like that's our starting point for talking about the guitar sound uh -huh. but i've just made all those decisions you know so like right away like yeah. um, you know my i i'm gonna have some uh input on the recording even if i'm trying to be you know pretty transparent it's you know i read this book one time about our senses and how we have we have a lot of descriptors for things that we see describing how things look but we have very few descriptors for how things smells it's usually like it smells like a cookie or something like that we don't have right you don't right. get like in the nuance of it but for sound i think it's it's a little bit limited and obviously if you're in your role you've studied it you have words in the language to describe certain sounds or certain concepts or something like that but a lot of bands especially if, if people haven't tinkered very much with recording on their own and kind of studied that it can be i think it'd be hard and frustrating to try to describe the sound that you're wanting right and have the language yeah. to do so yeah totally and i think yeah, everyone's language is slightly different, you know, even if it's the same word, like something like warm, you know, I want this, I want it to sound warm. Right. Like, I, I've realized over time that that means something different to a lot of people, you know, right. and uh, so it's like interpreting what they want, or just, I just like try to break it. I've realized I can't just be like, oh, warm. And I'm like, I use my definition of warm and just do that because it yeah. doesn't always. Up. Uh, but yeah it's yeah it's it's challenging and i think i don't know how do you feel i've always felt that like uh and maybe this ties into the last question about what bands should go into the recording process with is like having a real specific idea of the sound is cool but also that can be frustrating like you said especially it's like if you have this sound in your head and you can't quite describe it you, know, right. you don't know how to get it so it's like also having like an open mind to just like letting the process happen and discover stuff along the way. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know if you've had experiences like that, like when you've gone into records, like having us, you know, I know like for your, for your record that we made together, we definitely talked about references in a, in a specific sound. Uh, but I think that was like a general vibe thing. And we didn't, yeah. it wasn't like you, we weren't open to just like letting the journey happen, you know, but yeah. I felt like sometimes that can yield better results than, being fixated on something that's in your head. But I don't know. I'd be curious what, what you think of that. I think that, uh, no, I think that that's right. It's something I think that if somebody's going to go into the studio, you should think about um, because it can be so frustrating to describe what you're wanting. It's just hard to find words to describe sound. And sometimes, you know, I'll listen. <laughs> I've, I've definitely had the experience where I've showed somebody a reference track, like my bandmates or something like that. And like, oh, I really like this. And then they'll walk away thinking, I, <laughs> which of course that I literally like the sound. And I'm like, no, I actually liked the, I don't even know how to describe it. It's kind of, I'm kind of picking something out of it 
but I can't mm. really like pinpoint what it is exactly that I like about it, but that's not very easy for somebody else to understand what right, right. I'm referring to. So, you know, I think it's, uh, it's also sometimes just counterintuitive to uh, think about what you might like in a sound and how you actually get that. I don't know, it's, right. it's tricky. Yeah, yeah, totally, you're right. It is counterintuitive sometimes. It's like, you know, and what in the recording process too, depending on the situation and it's like the sound in the room even might not be, you might have to do stuff in the room differently to make it sound right coming across the mic, you know, which is, which is always hard too, you know? Yeah. Um, click or no click, what do you prefer? Uh, wow. No, no <laughs> click, uh, only cause, uh, no click. you don't have to deal with, uh, headphone bleed click headphone bleed for quiet that's stuff. the reason for no click headphone sometimes <laughs> no uh from a technical standpoint yeah they, oh, man it, it just depends like if someone wants to do a lot of editing later click for sure yeah. you know uh i but, imagine that a jazz group though is not going to record to a click i guess no click right yeah what about your projects did you do a click does a hex do they use a click um hex hex use a click on pretty much everything on the last record. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I can see that. Click. It's very tight, very yeah, yeah. punchy. Yeah. I used to on the on the recent record because I was overdubbing everything. Mm -hmm. Like it, I was layering everything myself and I knew that I was gonna get into trouble if I didn't if I didn't do it, you know. Yeah, I mean that's another big decision you kinda have to make at the beginning almost is are you gonna record to a click right. or not? It's hard to switch that halfway through right right totally and, yeah and it just it just yeah it really depends on you know the feeling that you want and yeah like how much is it is live obviously if you're doing tons of layers it gets harder and harder uh -huh. potentially you know to to overdub to something that wasn't you know tight to a click but um uh yeah yeah <laughs> okay uh let's see what oh Sully Sullivan Davis wanted to see your cat your cats but they're probably not with you right now they're probably not either not with me yes yes Werner is uh, at my house <laughs> how's honey honey's good well you know I don't live there anymore yeah so you keep in touch honey though and, yeah yeah honey and Miguel are good uh Werner is good I honestly Werner's better than ever because Honey and Miguel don't pick on him right now. <laughs> and how's Werner's weight? He's still he's still a big guy. He's still a big guy. Uh, All right. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Just looking, I made a little a bit of a list here too. Things to ask. Um. That I was curious about. And anybody who's watching, please write in if you have any questions for Dave too. Um. One thing, oh, here's one thing that I, I kind of wanted to ask, put, put you on the spot a little bit, but what's one thing that, you know, bands or artists tend to do that you wish they knew, like, people always want more reverb than they need, or something like that? Is there something that you see over and over again that... Yeah, um, I think one thing recently, uh, and this is maybe more general than, like, a specific thing, like, reverb and stuff, is, like, uh, and I make this mistake as an engineer too, 
is that I feel like people are more afraid to like push the balance around a lot on a mix, like, uh, you know, maybe having something really loud or the vocals really loud or something, yeah. you know, because I think like when you're in the studio mixing, um, one, like you just get fatigued from maybe listening to the same thing mm -hmm. over and over again. And two, when you're in this kind of like really nice equilateral triangle set up quiet yeah. room and stuff, it's not like the real world at all. So you can hear everything. And so you end up with like a really balanced thing, you know? Um, and I make this mistake still as an engineer, even, even if the band's not there and I'm like working on my own, mixing mm -hmm. something with someone. Um, I think people sometimes, you know, it's like, be like, hey, what if we turn this up or that? And they're like, oh no, I can hear it, it's fun, you know? And then when you take it out to the real world, maybe the whole mix will come across a little flat or something, mm -hmm. you know, because nothing else is really popping. Um, and then sometimes you go and reference stuff, some of your favorite songs and like, uh, you know, I feel like that band Spoon comes up a lot with the auxiliary percussion on some of those records, you know, uh -huh. and uh, we'll go and reference them. And it's like the shaker is the loudest thing in the entire mix, you know, uh -huh. but it's so hard to, to actively mix the shaker that loud or something, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, and yeah, but then, so I feel like that's sort of a thing that is a little bit consistent sometimes with, with people. And, uh, uh, it's hard to break out of that. Even, even myself, it's like, it's hard to make a big, bold, risky decision like that. Um, Cause you think you might dislike it later, but sometimes your favorite tracks have that kind of thing going on and you just don't even realize it, you know? It's, you know, I think I've definitely had the experience where I'll get so into the track and, you know, working on the guitar sound or where the vocals are sitting that it's easy to lose sight of the whole of, of the big picture of how everything's fitting together because you get really focused on this one element. Right. Totally. And, uh, or just like taking the time. I think I probably make this more of a mistake as an engineer than the artist does, but of like not listening to the song from the beginning, you know, uh -huh. like, like working on a 20 seconds of it for like an hour yeah. and then be, well, we got to listen to it from the top and see how it, that section feels when it kicks in, you know, like, but as an engineer, I'm just like, Oh, I just got to do this and that. And, you know, you just play right. the same and uh, just, you know, remind myself, not even like back up 30 seconds. It's like, no, like, like listen, listen from the start and see how it's working. Like emotionally, like, right. Uh, right. How, yeah. That's good. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. How important is it? Do you think for an artist to think about, what the, if there's an intended listening environment that might inform the mix. So if somebody is going to make a track that they want to play in bars and restaurants, it's probably going to be bass heavy and like drums heavy. It's going to, or, you know, right. headphone mix is going to be different than your studio. So how much, how much do you recommend people have that in mind? What kind of listening environment they're envisioning for the album? You know, that's interesting. I feel like I haven't, that's not a conversation that comes up that often, you know, I could see that that coming up more in like mastering, you know, which would uh -huh. be maybe how loud do you want it to be? You know, the, the more dynamic it is, obviously like it's not going to sound as good in a car where there's road noise and, uh -huh. you know, a bar or something. So I feel like that conversation happens, happens more in mastering, but you know, the headphone thing is interesting because, you know, I probably do, 90% of my listening, you know, 
on speakers, whether mm-hmm. it's like in the studio or in my car or a turntable at home, you know? So actually I don't do like a ton of headphone listening. I do it for like a technical reasons in the studio, but, but I feel like a lot of people mostly do headphone listening now, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that's a generalization, but just like, you know, uh, so it's something I have, I have to keep in mind is like, uh, yeah, it is going to sound a lot different. Like, I, th- I feel like, you know, sometimes people will get freaked out about how wide something is panned mm-hmm. because they're listening to it only in headphones, you know, and it just like tickling their one ear or whatever, you know, yeah. and, um, but then it's like in a, in an environment, in, in a, you know, speakers, it doesn't do that. So, um, yeah, so I feel like we'll have sort of like the headphone versus speaker conversation more mm-hmm. um, of trying to get it to sound right in both for someone. But uh, the environmental thing doesn't come up as often. I always feel that makes it sound better in headphones easier than it does on the speakers. Do you find yes. that? <laughs> yes, I would agree because you're not fighting um, like the room, you know, uh-huh. sort of like uh, ab- like just the tone of the room or the room not being flat or different resonances in the room that is going to color the mix, you know? Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So it can definitely like, I feel like everything has its like right place in the headphones that in the, in speakers can get lost. But I mean, that's why I think it's like you mix, if you can get it sounding really great on speakers, you know, I feel like it generally translates to headphones. Uh, and uh, so I always like wonder that I was like, why do you always, you know, eventually like, if people only listen to head music and headphones, are we going to stop list, like mixing on speakers altogether? You know. Yeah. What about laptops? Do you listen to mixes on the laptop? I do. You know, on, and honestly, I listen to a lot of music on my laptop, uh-huh. like because it's just like if I'm at home or something, and uh, I'll just I'm checking something out for the first time. You know, uh, it's just like sort of easier. Or, you know, I'm doing emails or whatever. It's like I'll just have you know, Bandcamp or Spotify going or something. And, you know, so yeah, I definitely check stuff out on the laptop or in even the iPhone sometimes because mm-hmm. it's nice because different things will pop out. Um, yeah. In a, it'll be revealing in a way that uh, you'll be able to make a tweak to your mix that might help it on all systems, you know. Um, but yeah, you know, it's a reality that we're, yeah, we, everyone listens on tiny speakers now and, uh, we, you know, we just have to deal with it. But I'm, I'm guilty of it too, so. Oh yeah, no, I mean, that's just what, it, it's, it's easy. Um, well, let me, let me switch gears before we close out um, for the night. You know, one of the things I've been asking people, because this, is, this was really born out of the pandemic and quarantine, this show, and, you know, part of it is just kind of checking in with people and seeing how they're doing. And, you know, I would imagine that how are you? I mean, do you have a routine? How are you getting through the day to day with things looking a little different this year? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, it's varied a little bit because obviously in like the beginning, I was like, you know, pretty much fully locked down. Like, uh-huh. I didn't even come into the studio that often. I just like, uh, you know, had my rig at home, you know. And now, um, you know, now I'm, I'm maybe here three or four days a week. So it's kind of like, it's nice to get out of the house a little bit, but, uh, no, I don't have a total routine, but I have been cooking a lot more this year, uh, which has been great, you know, like, um, and like doing more reading and like trying to exercise some more and like just having a little, just more downtime, um, 
which obviously sometimes gets a little uh, boring and, you know, tiresome and you wish you could just go and hang out with people and hug people. But uh, yeah. um, I've been, it's definitely been helpful for, in certain aspects, you know, like, I mean, I think I was so busy. I was like, I was like eating out almost every day, at least one meal a day. Uh -huh. And like, uh, it's not necessarily healthy. It's not necessarily like financially the, a good move. So this year was kind of like, okay, I'm going to buy groceries for two weeks. Like when was the last time I did that? You uh -huh. know, and like think about planning meal, all that, you know? Um, so yeah, so those things have been nice, but I, I yeah, I don't have a, a total, a total routine. And, you know, definitely uh, I live with my girlfriend now and she's been, her family lives in England. So she's been going back and forth every so often to, to see them. Mm -hmm. And when she returns, we do like a really tight quarantine for like two weeks mm -hmm. or, 10 days and then get tested, you know? So I, I've been kind of preparing for those, like I'll come to the studio for a while and then I prepare for her to come home and like be totally locked down for like 10 days or 12 days, you know? Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, no, no exact routine, but, but getting through it. But you've been doing okay. Sorry, you cut out there a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Am I still cutting out? Yeah, yeah. Overall, doing all right. Okay, there must You're be You're back delay. now, I think. Okay, got it. Um, uh, yeah, I think, I think I was trying to think of the things I wanted to ask you about. I, I think we might have covered, covered them all. Got through, got through it. Thank you. Uh, thanks for being on the show, and it's really nice to see you and talk to you. Yeah, it's really nice to see you. How are you? Can I ask that too? Or did I... <laughs> How have you been through all this? Sorry, I think I'm cutting out. <laughs>